entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bull Gold Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest with me today is Pete Leibman. Pete, let's get off to a start that I say the name right. You got it. All right. Here. All right. That's good. Um, Pete is my guest today. Pete wrote a great book. The title of the book is Work Stronger, Habits for More Energy, Less Stress, and Higher Performance at Work. Let me do a brief intro for Pete, and then we're going to get into it because there's a lot of solid information for our business audience. Pete Liebman is a consultant, speaker, and best-selling author who has been featured on Fox News, CBS Radio, and CNNMoney.com. By the way, Pete, you finally hit the big time. You're on the Business Builder Show. Those were good, but now you're in the big time. Sounds great. Your latest book. That'll be in the bio moving forward. There you go. Your latest book, again, is Work Stronger, Habits for More Energy, Less Stress, and Higher Performance at Work. And it was just released, and it's an Amazon bestseller and a number one new release. Congratulations, Pete. Well, thanks. I'm excited to be here and uh, to speak with your listeners. This is great to be here. Okay, so let's start with the foundation. What's the core message that you're trying to deliver in Work Stronger? Tell me what the core message is. Sure. So first of all, you know, Work Stronger is for any ambitious person who wants to perform at an even higher level without working longer. Mm. So the core message of the book is this. It's that stronger hours, not longer hours, are the key to achieving and sustaining higher performance over the long term. You know, in, in today's world, it's really tempting to work long hours. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of pressure to deliver results, to always be on. And many people buy into this myth that the longer they work, the more productive they're going to be. My message with this book is to show people that in reality, it's more about what you do with that time. So Work Stronger is all about getting the most out of every hour that you work so that you can achieve more in less time and with less stress. Yeah. Uh, however, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in. Culturally, Bring it today, on. Con, con, culturally today, is it still not? I'll say a badge of honor for the person who comes, you know, first thing in the morning and, and turns the lights out at night. And culturally, and and actually, some companies are still touting that. Is uh, is uh, am I right, Pete? You're absolutely right. I mean, and I, I've seen that a lot in the work that I've done the last few years working as an executive recruiter, which is what I did before 
writing work stronger. So yeah. absolutely, there's a lot of executives and leaders that that reinforce this myth that, you know, if you get there early and you leave late, that you're automatically more dedicated and you're automatically going to be productive. And there's a lot of science that proves that that's not true. You know, there's some studies that have shown that working shorter, more predictable hours can actually make you more productive. You know, it forces you to plan your day and to go through your day with a higher level of focus and prioritization than someone who, you know, comes in with the mindset that, hey, I'm just going to work as long as necessary. Yeah. Well, we're going to give people lessons about uh, employers and employees, but uh, let's let's set up uh, your background a little bit. In other words, uh, you wrote the book. You literally wrote a book. <laughs> so on working stronger and what you described. So give me a little more information on your background. What prepared you to write this book? Sure. You know, so as a joke in the book, you know, if you'd seen me in high school, there's no way that you would have predicted that I'd eventually write a book with the word stronger in the title. It was not exactly the epitome of strength as a high school student. Okay. And, uh, you know, I went through a body transformation at the end of high school where I got a lot stronger and a lot more interested in these topics of exercise and nutrition, some of the other things in the book. And that was really what ignited this fascination for me of habits high performance and how we can change our behavior. So I ended up going to Johns Hopkins. I studied psychology there. And then since college have spent now almost 20 years coaching people and studying these topics of high performance habits and psychology and behavior change. And Work Stronger is really the culmination of all that work and a lot of research into these topics. Uh, most recently, right before writing Work Stronger, as I said earlier, I worked as an executive recruiter at Hydrogen Struggles which is a leadership advisory firm. And, and that was really the, the impetus in terms of writing this book, you know, seeing just up close the tremendous pressure that leaders face in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know, as you mentioned, a lot of people still have this belief that it's a badge of honor, you know, to work long hours and to take red eye flights. And in reality, there's a lot of science that proves that that type of behavior actually undermines your performance. And that, you know, yeah. a lot of leaders, frankly, are performing at a high level in spite of a lot of their behavior rather than because of a lot of their behavior. Uh, it will end at some point, <laughs> and you and you talk, you will eventually burn out. The body is a machine in a way, and you talk about fueling it, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you actually compete, don't you, in certain level at certain levels and certain events? You know, in my free time, I'm a big fitness enthusiast, as, as you might imagine, given the topic of the book. And I teach high intensity group exercise classes in my free time, and then I also compete in a variety of endurance races. I do a lot of these obstacle course races. If your listeners are familiar with Tough Mudder and Spartan Race and those competitions and have also competed in the Obstacle Course Racing World Championships, which is, you know, a competition for people who are, you know, qualifying from a lot of these races that people might be familiar with. So on a day-to-day basis, you are applying what you've learned, what you've written about. I love that. Okay, let's get into, um, for instance... Uh, why, why is it, let's convince leaders that it's important to make health and well-being a priority. Uh, convince me and, and others why they should make health and well-being a priority. Absolutely. It's a great question. So I think, you know, leaders face greater challenges. There's greater demands being placed on them. So they need to increase their capacity to handle those demands. So I would say, you know, a lot of leaders say to me, you know, they don't have time for exercise or they don't have time to take care of themselves. 
And what I, my response to that is leaders should make time for exercise and for health and well-being because they're busy. Mm. Right. I mean, saying you're too busy for exercise or saying you're too busy to take care of yourself. It was really like saying you're too busy to stop for gasoline because of how far you want to drive. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to make time for this topic because of what you're trying to achieve. This is what's going to give you the juice and the energy to uh, be able to manage the demands that are being placed upon you, which are higher because you're a leader. So the healthier someone is and, and you know, the better they are at managing their energy and their stress, the more resilient they're going to be and the more uh, effective that they're going to be and the stronger their brain is going to be in the short term and the long term. That's the part that really gets to me. My friend Jordan, mm-hmm. who's sitting with us today, tells me all the time, hey, look, if you ate better, your brain would be sharper, right, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean you listen to it, though. <laughs> I don't always listen, but I'm reading this book. So that makes me think of uh, something that, you know, often, this is, this is what I was thinking about when I was reading your book. You know, it is often not what you learn that's new. It's often what you're reminded of that is mm-hmm. important that you take action on. That's why I loved your work, and, and, and I, I think it's going to continue to, I think it's going to make a big impact. For instance, you, you talk about several business leaders, like the former CEO of Twitter, and I could go on, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you used as case studies, right? Absolutely. So part of my research for the book was going out, and I interviewed over 40 prominent leaders who really are passionate about this connection between well-being and performance and the impact it's had both on them personally and professionally and the impact that it's having on their organization by them infusing this into their workforce and, and leading by example. So, yeah, there are certainly people, as you mentioned earlier, who wear it as a badge of honor that, you know, they kind of run themselves uh, into the ground and they still perform. But there's a number of leaders, a growing number of leaders who are serving as advocates for this message that, hey, you don't need to burn yourself out. In fact, if you take better care of yourself, you're going to feel a lot better, and you might even perform at a higher level than you're at right now. Yeah, let me, um, for instance, sleep. I don't think that's talked about enough. Now, I, you know, can, can we talk about that for a minute? Just address that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the importance you know, of sleep. Very, very key topic, and you're right. I mean, if people work longer hours, what are they going to cut? They're probably going to cut out sleep. That's one thing that, that gets kind of pushed to the, the back end when people are trying to work longer. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I spoke with a number of brain health experts as part of my research for the book, and there was a great quote that I got from one of the people who I spoke to. His name is Daniel Johnston. He's co-founder of BrainSpan, which is a brain health analytics company. And he said, you know, people have this perception that when they're sleeping, it's just this wasted time when nothing's happening. He said, there are so many physiological and psychological processes happening during that period of time that are crucial to performance. So what he said, he said leaders need to think of their seven to eight hours of sleep, like going to the gym for their brain for seven to eight hours. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I go to the gym steadily for seven to eight hours every night. I, I learned that a long time ago when I was uh, the young Turk, if you will, thinking I could get by on the four hours and just keep going on coffee. I learned that that did not work. And that's when the medications came. And by the way, I'm not on medications anymore. One of the reasons Mm -hmm. is I sleep well. Um, Talk to me about, uh, you know, before we go there, I want to make sure I know we have everyone engaged. Um, My guest is Pete Leibman. His book is Work Stronger, Habits for More Energy, Less Stress, and Higher Performance at Work. Pete, how do you want people to connect with you? A website or LinkedIn? Tell me how you want people to connect with you. 
Sure. If they're interested in learning more about the book, they can go to workstronger.com. The book is available at, on Amazon as well if they're looking for another outlet. And then if they uh, check out the book at workstronger.com, there's also a few bonuses that are included with the book. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be interested. We have a habits assessment that we created so people could actually get a snapshot in terms of how strong they're working right now. I mean, how are their habits in the areas we talk about in the book? They can actually get a quick assessment done. They get some initial feedback, and then you know, hopefully the book helps them identify and change behaviors uh, to take it to a next level. Excellent. WorkStronger.com, and there are some neat bonuses there. They're in the book. I found it interesting. Uh, those bonuses are great. Talk to me about what you write in here. Uh, explain to me what the stronger cycle is. Maybe we're hitting on some of those points, but go a little deeper on that. The stronger cycle. Sure. So the stronger cycle is my framework on achieving and sustaining higher performance. So it focuses on four key areas that impact how each of us feels and performs every day. We've touched on a couple of these already. So, you know, one of these areas is nutrition. Another one of the areas is exercise and physical activity. Uh, The third area we just talked about, which is sleep and then also personal renewal. And then finally, we have focus. Yeah. So, you know, how do you actually spend your day and, and how focused versus distracted are you? Those four areas have a tremendous impact on how each of us is going to feel and perform. And, you know, in reality, today's world makes it very difficult to form stronger habits in each of those areas. You know, today's world encourages us to work long periods of time. It encourages unhealthy, sedentary behavior. Yeah. It encourages excessive multitasking and poor sleep and all of those things. There's a tremendous amount of science that has demonstrated these things decrease our energy, they increase our stress, and they make us less productive. So the stronger cycle is my framework to show people, look, these areas are all connected. And in reality, you know, know, when you're more active, when you're well-rested, when you're well-fueled, what's going to happen is you're going to show up at work and you're going to be in a better state of mind. You're going to have more energy. You're probably going to be in a better mood. And you're going to be able to get more done in less time, which is going to leave more time for taking care of yourself in the future. So, you know, people who tap into this and really appreciate this connection, they're going to be more engaged. They're going to be more resilient and they're going to be more productive. And then, you know, let's also be honest, leaders serve as role models for the people that they lead. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is also going to make you a healthier, stronger role model for your team and your organization as well. Okay, Pete, I, I, I don't turn off this podcast because here's what's happening, Pete, and we need to talk about this. People are going to say, another fitness book, another book that I have to change my whole life. I have to change the way I eat. I got to do everything differently. You're driving me crazy. But you talk about, the, is it called a headlight method? Talk sure, that's about- uh that's a concept that I talk about in the book. So I think and talk you're about that. To a, a great point, Marty. So a lot of people get, you know, overwhelmed by the topic of behavior change, right? I mean, there are some studies that show that over 90% of New Year's resolutions don't last. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why that happens is people get overwhelmed. They try to take on too much at one time. Yeah. So there's a concept I talk about in the book, and it, it's conceptual, and, and hopefully the book, you know, makes it more practical, but explain a little bit here this concept of what I call the headlights method. And there's a quote that I like, which I can appreciate as an author and anyone else listening to the call who's a writer can appreciate this as well, where, uh, you know, there's a quote that said, writing is like driving at night in the fog. 
you can't see the final destination, but you can make your whole journey if you just focus on what you can see in front of you. I butchered that quote a little bit, but yeah. I think people can get that. It's, you don't have to get to that final destination. Just focus on what's immediately in front of you. Yeah. And that's, that's really what's behind the headlights method. You know, if somebody wants to make a big change in their life, that can feel overwhelming and that really trips people up. And, and the message here is to, you know, focus on one habit at a time and to really make it something manageable, something you feel at least 90% confident that you can do Yeah. and to just lock in that one change. And Hey, once you make that change, then add on the next one. And then once you make that change, then add on the next one. And it's this gradual stepladder approach, which is not as sexy as a lot of the promises that are out there these days by people you know, promising overnight transformations, but yeah. this is what is sustainable. This is how change really happens. And, you know, we could certainly talk more about you know, how to break habits, how to make habits. And that's in the book as well. It is in the book. And uh, from my perspective, I'm not saying what's in the book from my perspective. So much of this is emotional. And so that mm-hmm. headlight method, and if you just say, I'm not, I don't have to transform everything in the next 30 days, and I am not going to look like Brad Pitt in 30 days, I'm not going to, et cetera, et cetera. I like the idea of the emotional, uh, the context that puts you in emotionally mm-hmm. so that you can start going. And, and actually, you give a lot of tools. One of the things you have in the book is the Work Stronger Day Planner, which once we get mm-hmm. that emotional mm-hmm. buy-in, uh, the Work Stronger a Day Planner, I'm sure, helps. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I think it's important, you know, you know, this is a book on managing energy, and we're obviously talking about fitness and nutrition and sleep, but there's another chapter that's all about focus and how you structure your day and how you go through your day. So that's a big part of energy as well that I think a lot of people take for granted. So, you know, this Work Stronger Day Planner, I created it because – there are just so many problems with to-do lists, which is what a lot of people use to, to structure and go through their day, right? I mean, you think of the typical to-do list, if somebody's using that, you know, it typically includes at least 10 to 20 items, you know, maybe a lot more. And it's, again, it's going back to this concept of emotion. It's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, it's this never-ending list of things we're trying to do. I mean, the to-do lists for leaders can be, you know, even more significant. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much you get done, no matter how much you work, no matter how long you work, you get to the end of the day, that to-do list is still not finished. You know, maybe even got bigger because other stuff got added to it. So this comes back to the headlights method again. You know, my recommendation for people, and this came up during a number of the CEO interviews I did for the book, is to approach this very differently. You know, one of the conversations I had was with Chip Berg, who's president and CEO at Levi Strauss. And he said what he does is he said at the end of each week, he steps back. He typically does this on Sunday night. And he asks himself, what do I want to get done by the end of the next week? Mm-hmm. Right? He's shortening his focus. He's not looking at everything he wants to get done in the next three months, six months, 12 months, and so on. Yeah. He's looking at the next week. Then what he does, once he's identified what he wants to do over the next week, he breaks that down further each day to establish daily priorities. That's all he's focused on for that day. So, I mean, compare that with somebody who's just working off this never-ending to-do list where they're looking at everything they want to do in the next 6 to 12 months. You know, it's a very different approach. And the Work Stronger Day Planner kind of takes people through 
you know, very tactically, how do you actually structure your day? How do you identify priorities and so on? I, I like that. And the case studies are great because if you're just following that to-do list, it's 10 o'clock at night and you reflect on what you've done for the day and you've accomplished little or nothing. Um, so exactly. uh, the focus that you're talking about and the examples that you use in the book are just absolutely outstanding. My guest is Pete Liebman, L-E-I-B-M-A-N, and you can find him at workstronger.com. His book is Work Stronger Habits for More Energy, Less Stress, and Higher Performance at Work. Okay, we've been talking about individuals. Let's talk to our a big part of our audience is entrepreneurs and business leaders. Let's talk. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's give some advice to them. How can they help maybe their companies or their employees do better in the areas that we're talking about? Absolutely. So maybe I'll answer that by highlighting what I think is the number one mistake companies make okay. when they think about this topic. You know, I had a conversation with an executive a couple years ago. Uh, she was working for a, a large organization with you know, over 5,000 people, multi-billion dollar company. And we're talking about what she does to keep herself healthy and what her company does to help their uh, employees, you know, improve their well-being. And she told me about a program that they had that helped a couple of hundred of their employees realize that they were at risk for a number of chronic diseases and conditions. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, hey, that's great. I said, but what do you do for the rest of the organization? Right. I'm thinking to myself, hey, that's, that's less than... 10% of your workforce, that program you just talked about. Yeah. And she said, you know, that's a great point. She said, we really, I guess, have just focused on those who are the unhealthiest, though. Yeah. And I think that's the number one mistake companies make. I mean, when they think about well-being or wellness or whatever you want to call it, you know, really just thinking about this from a defensive cost-cutting perspective, like how can we reduce healthcare costs? How can we help at-risk people? I would encourage employers to really think about how they can think of this more proactively and offensively. Mm. There's a number of organizations who, who really view this as a competitive advantage. Like, how can we fully develop and maximize all of our people, right? They're our greatest asset. How can we help all of our people perform at their highest level? Because, you know, look, just because somebody's not at risk for heart disease, that doesn't mean that they're really performing at their highest level. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what's your company doing to to help everybody, you know, be as resilient and as productive as they can be. So, and, um, so Pete, even if you're, way to do that. so Pete, even if you're not doing it for the quote unquote right reasons, do it for productivity reasons. If nothing else, we'd like for people to do it and for leaders to do it for the right reasons, sure. for the humane reasons. But there's a a real tangible benefit to all this. Pete, we're we're running out of time already, and I'd like for you to wrap up. And typically, I just kind of uh, ask this question. Uh, there may be a point or two you want to drive home, or maybe there's mm-hmm. something I didn't ask you. Do you want to make sure that we address? So uh, you uh, you kind of take us home. Sure. So I want to share one final message with your listeners. You know, what can they actually do right now? And I want to offer this as kind of a challenge. So what I would challenge anybody listening to this call, you know, you think about why most changes fail, again, as we've talked about, it's people trying to do too much at once. What I would challenge your listeners to do is to identify one specific behavior you're going to focus on. So I refer to this as a stronger habit of the month. Your one behavior you're going to focus on for the month. That's going to be something you're going to stop doing altogether or you're going to do less often, or Mm -hmm. it could be something you're going to start doing for the first time or you're going to do more often. You know, one specific behavior. And look, that could be as simple as drinking a bottle of water with your lunch every day. 
It could be something more complicated, like trying to work out for 20 to 30 minutes every day before work. It could be, you know, planning the next day before you leave work at the end of the day. Whatever it is, something that you think is going to boost your performance and your energy. And I would encourage people to really be specific, to think of that one behavior and to focus on that for the next 30 days. If they do that and they do that every day or most days, it's going to become pretty habitual and relatively soon they'll be ready to add on the next change. And by doing that in a period of a few months, they can really take it to a much higher level. That approach would be much more sustainable than what a lot of people do when they just try to change everything at one time. Pete, uh, great book, wonderful book, and uh, great advice in the show. Pete Leibman, L-E-I-B-M-A-N. His book is Work Stronger Habits for More Energy, Less Stress, and Higher Performance at Work. Pete, thanks so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.